And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, after some delays from rain and weather, coupled with intense heat and wind for an extended period, Oklahoma's 2022 wheat harvest will wrap up soon. Oklahoma Wheat Commission Executive Director Mike Schulte says it's been a tough year for wheat producers in his state. You know, it just really was a tough year all the way around just due to the drought conditions all over the wheat corridor from southwest Oklahoma uh, up into north central Oklahoma. You know, I think producers in a lot of areas are really surprised that the yields are doing a little bit better than what they had anticipated. That's not to say that, you know, we certainly had complete losses in far southwest Oklahoma regions. And then we had the hailstorms that we had to deal with in south central Oklahoma. So that hindered us from getting harvest moving uh, just due to the heavy rains and then hail damage that we had received in those regions. But as we've gotten into central regions of the state and north central regions, things did get a little bit better uh, as harvest progressed. If everything goes as planned, the Oklahoma wheat harvest could be completed by the 4th of July weekend. Just based off of what I'm hearing in northern Oklahoma, even in the Panhandle regions, I think that if we can continue to move through the weekend, that uh, harvest will pretty much be complete by Monday. That is, if we don't get any weather situations in northern Oklahoma. I know that there are some slightly anticipated predicted showers, depending on where they'll fall over the next few days in possible northern regions of the state. But all in all, if we can keep moving, I think by Monday, much of this crop will be completed before the, the 4th of July holiday. And again, that's Oklahoma Wheat Commission Executive Director Mike Schulte. The June Rural Main Street Index from Creighton University sank into negative territory for the first time since September of 2020. The index stretches from 0 to 100 with growth territory at an index of 50 and above. Dr. Ernie Goss is co-creator of the RMI and he says June's reading of 49.8 is below growth neutral, a place the index hasn't been for some time. Inflation is a really big concern. Of course, the accompanying interest rate hikes, the Federal Reserve, of course, has increased in interest rates three times this year. They'll raise again in July. So that's pushing some numbers negative. The expectations, the confidence index dropped significantly for the month. And what we're seeing is housing is being negatively affected. The numbers in our survey are not as good as we've seen in previous months. Likewise, retail sales falling, not as good there, of course, with a lot of the growth of most of the growth we're seeing in retail sales is mostly from inflation. An overwhelming majority of ag bankers in the survey are predicting a recession for the rural economy. As a result, bankers in our survey, we ask about the probability of recession of more than 9 out of 10 rank the probability of recession more than 50%. So only 7%, in fact, rank the probability of recession less than 50%. So most of the bankers see a recession ahead, and that's, of course, a big problem for the small businesses and even some of the big businesses on rural Main Street. Higher fuel prices are starting to take a toll on the rural economy as well. Rural America and the midsection of the country, which we survey, that's big users of energy. Individuals, consumers drive further distances in this part of the country, but farmers are big users of diesel fuel, for example. Diesel fuel is now at the highest price ever in terms of diesel, and that's a big part of the agriculture. Agriculture input prices are now growing, but luckily for the farmer, the prices of the output are growing faster. Despite the rising input costs, bankers who responded to the June survey say farm income is still looking strong in 2022. 
we asked the bankers to project income for 2022. Now, this is net farm income. They expect it to grow by between 12 and 13% from last year. So even though the costs are rising, revenues are rising faster, at least at this point in time. And of course, the costs are being passed along in the form of higher costs when the consumer goes to the grocery store. Again, that's Dr. Ernie Goss of Creighton University. Last month, the U.S. Trade Representative's Office initiated the second U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement dispute regarding Canadian dairy tariff rate quota policies. The U.S. is requesting dispute settlement consultations regarding Canada's dairy tariff rate quota, or TRQ, allocation measures. The TRQs deny allocation access to eligible applicants, including retailers, food service operators, and other types of importers, and impose new conditions on the allocation and use of the TRQs. U.S. Representative Ron Kind, a Wisconsin Democrat, says it's a matter of getting Canada to comply with the terms of the USMCA. We've been having some problems with them complying with the terms of the trade agreement that we struck with them a couple of years ago. And it's all black and white language. They know what they need to do. They've been hedging their bets. But I'm glad the Biden administration is treating this seriously. They are enforcing it the way it's supposed to be. That was one of the reasons it took a little longer to get the Uh, Mexico, Canada, U.S. trade agreement finalized is making sure we had strong enforcement language in it so that these terms would mean something. And that's what we're using right now to get Canada to comply. They know what they need to do. And I expect that at the end of the day, they'll get there. Should the issue escalate, Kind says there are actions the U.S. could take under the USMCA. We have trade revenues. We can hit them with some sanctions uh, specifically targeted to their industry and uh, some tariffs that are available to, again, under the terms of the trade agreement so that there should be no surprises that if you're not complying. And we're not at that step yet. Uh, We're still in earnest uh, discussions with them, as they say, but uh, we hope to get this resolved shortly. This is the second dispute the United States has brought under the USMCA regarding Canada's allocation of its dairy TRQs. While the United States prevailed in the first dispute, Canada's implementation measures and other actions have moved Canada further away from full compliance with its USMCA obligations, according to the U.S. Trade Representative. Also here on American Ag Today, the Ocean Shipping Reform Act signed by President Joe Biden earlier this month will give more leverage in making sure U.S. meat exports are treated fairly when moving to their end destinations. U.S. Meat Export Federation President and CEO Dan Hallstrom says the bill takes much-needed action. The Ocean Shipping Reform Act that was signed into law here just in the last few days is a big step forward. We, we feel like this will enable the industry, our exporters in particular, to be able to get a little more leverage to ship product more promptly. One of our big selling points as an exporter industry for beef and pork in particular has been the ability to ship reliably week after week. And the last several months, that has not been the case. So this should enable us to get back on a more level playing field What sets U.S. beef and pork apart from other supply sources in the world, Hallstrom says, is the fresh chilled products that have not been frozen. The fresh chilled product, never frozen, is our bread and butter. I mean, this is what sets U.S. beef and U.S. pork apart from most other supply sources in the world. Reliable delivery service is really what we need. You can ship it, but if it doesn't deliver on time, this is a problem. So very key that we get back on a mode of being reliable in our deliveries. And I think this act should go a long way in helping get us on the right road. The USMEF has been pushing with many other organizations in their industry for this sort of reform, Hallstrom says, adding it is rewarding to see it finally here.
That's all the time we have for today's program. If you have stories for the program, you can email them to me directly at jesseallen at americanagnetwork.com. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day and a great weekend ahead.